tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I feel like watching Freaks and Geeks right now. Hello Might and welcome well. to an all-new UFC <laughs> on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Dari Bernardo, and I'm here with my co-host, my boys, as always, Mr. George Aramosa. Well, not as always. I mean, last week you guys were playing just the two of us. It made me oh, cry when I was watching it back. nice, Except wasn't it, Jay? It really was. No interruptions. Yeah, nice no change. Jokes. I never interrupt you. To be when honest. When do I ever interrupt you? Well, I've never interrupted right. you ever oh, before. Oh, oh, oh. We actually had more conversation <laughs> between actually, the two George, of us. I really missed you. I miss you too. I, you you put such a great lightning comedic mood to the show, and I really missed it. Oh, I missed you too. And, and, and on top of that, we factual. could talk about steroids and, anyway, uh, and George positive Marcin, tests, Jen right? Tan. You can find me at DarryB28 on Twitter. You can also hashtag us at ABTVUFC if you guys want to talk to us. Also, you can comment on the YouTube link and let us know what you thought of the show. Any questions? Uh, George, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at G Hermosa on Twitter and at Instagram. Wow. And at Snapchat, too. Oh, creepy. G really? Hermosa. I'll send you 10-second videos of stuff. You could send someone the Ronda Rousey fight. Oh, almost. No. Almost, yeah. I'm going to put it on be, Instagram. You, Instagram. You can put it on Instagram, though. You can. That's pretty crazy. Jay, where can we find you on Instagram? I'm over at JTan716, the usual spots, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay, before okay. we get into the blood and gore inside the cage, we're going to talk about some crime outside of the cage. Yeah. Uh, what if your son was murdered? Mm. Your daughter arrested? Mm. Your child framed? No. Where does the truth lie? One crime will affect so many lives in the television event of the year. We're talking about ABC's groundbreaking new television series, American Crime, which premieres Thursday, March 5th, 10-9. Of course, on ABC. This series is created by John Ridley, the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave. Uh, it stars Felicity Hoffman and Timothy Hutton and centers around issues such as race, class, and gender. You guys, be sure to check it out. Uh, American Crime on ABC starting Thursday, March 5th. I can't wait. Right. I know what I'm watching after SmackDown on Thursday. I am so <laughs> excited for this. We were talking I'm, about it last week. Felicity Hoffman. Does yeah, it get any better? I'm, I'm sorry. I actually, her. actually really like her. Me too. Yeah. This is what we're saying. This is exactly. what we're saying. American it's, got all, it's got all the right tools to a great show. Yeah. Hey, real quickly, too. Uh, Marissa, mom in the uh, production booth. I'm wondering, are we? Uh, do we have comments? Uh, live comments feed going? Are we? Uh, I will definitely check that out. Thank uh, just, you. Yeah, just wondering. Uh, yeah, if if that's going, then guys, absolutely. You know, uh, spit out some comments. Talk to us, and and we'll kind of try to address them on there. Absolutely. There's a lot to talk about. So yeah, there is. UFC 184 went down in our town for once, Los Angeles downtown at the Staples Center, a sold out show. Um, starring, of course, Rowdy Ronda Rousey versus Kat Zingano, with a co-main event of Raquel Pennington versus Holly Holm. This is the first time in UFC history that we have two women as the co- as the main event and the co-main event. And so, on top uh, of this, too, man, retrospect, uh, 
Hindsight is twenty twenty because the night before, Invicta FC, also in L.A., um, a, a full women's card. Right. Cyborg on top and a bunch of rising stars and stuff. We should have opened up with ladies first. Queen Latifah. Take it back to the old school. That would have been we right. We opened up with Bad Reputation, which is a little more appropriate because Rowdy Ronda Rousey put quite the performance absolutely on. Absolutely one of the most fitting uh, walkout songs. And because of it, and this is, for me, myself, it's rare right. that a fighter, you know, you hear a walkout song and you get into the song that much more. Because yeah. it's been around for decades. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. I've heard that it's a good song. It's fine. But now that it's Ronda, so strongly Ronda associated, you know, when I hear that, I don't know if we had the cameras on us, but yeah, I was like this close to just punching George right here. Just oh, figuring it, it got you in, in fight mode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good fight song. Mm-hmm. It is a good fight song. And it resonates her name with the song. So when you hear the song, you get these good vibes. You get that, you know, anticipation. You're excited to see her fight again. You get aggro. Yeah. No, but it, I like it, it. even so, like with her, if she was a good girl, it wouldn't fit. Yes, no. it gets you in the mood. It right. gets you in the fight zone. But... Just because of everything she goes through, everything, all the talk, all the smack that she gets, yep. it just she's like, I don't care, dude. Like this care. is who I am. You don't live my, you don't walk through my shoes. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. I don't care what you what you think about me. And yeah, my my Ronda Rousey perspective is nothing but respect. I mean, I think mm-hmm. everything she does is intelligent, thought out. Um, you watch her in interviews. And intense. That's and thing. intense. She just brings this level of intensity, and that yeah. that's probably the word that best describes Ronda Rousey. She's intense. She's serious. She's determined. Yeah. Hey. I love her. Um, but let's start at the at the top of the the undercard because we had Mark Munoz making um, you know his comeback. He's on a three. He was on a three fight losing streak prior to this fight. Uh, now four mm-hmm. versus Juan uh, Carnero. Yeah, uh, who's back in the UFC? Yeah, since two thousand eight. Yeah, I was gonna say both guys coming back after a, a pretty long hiatus. hiatus yeah. Right. Um, he uh, Ron Carnero won via rear naked choke in round one, a minute and forty in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So it was like a guillotine takedown by Juan, and he finished the rear naked choke uh, shortly after. Was that the fight? Uh, I got. It, I think I got it mixed up. Was that the fight where it should have been finished around three seconds earlier? Because it looked like Mark Munoz was passed out for a little bit. Yeah. They said he was out cold. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. you heard Joe Rogan and John Anik talking about it. They were like, he's out. He's out. He's he out. He went to sleep for yeah. a little while. And Mike Goldberg. Uh, eventually. Uh, Mike Goldberg. Goldberg. Stop yeah. him. You're right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit of an unfortunate uh, return for Mark. Uh, a fortunate one, of course, for uh, for Juan Carnero. Um, this, you know, we'll, we'll talk as well. Um, Josh Koscheck didn't have a great uh, a great showing either. There was two guys that have been around for a long time, and I think we may have seen the peak uh, of their career. This may be, right. you know, tor- towards the end of their career, at least possibly for the UFC. Maybe they'll go elsewhere. But what do you uh, think, George? Uh, do you think that Mark Munoz has something left in him? Do you nope. think? No, I, th- I think it's done for him. I mean, it's he had so much promise. I think. Not that the sport passed him by, but I, I think he's done. I think the level of competition uh, and the damage that he's getting. I mean, like again, he got choked out. And it's the one thing to get choked out and get passed out, but it's another thing to have the hold on a little bit more because now you're just cutting the oxygen off your right. off your brain. So who knows? Uh, it, I don't think that that took away from him per se. I don't think that that caused permanent damage at no, this no. point. Um, and I think, but you don't want to wait for them for that to happen. And I'll talk about it a little bit more agreed. with the cost check. But I don't. I, I think though that he uh, he can compete still. Uh, outside of the UFC, if he wants to, I know that. This I mean, he is could that, obviously. This is somebody that has been outside of the UFC for a long time, Juan Canero, and and was able to finish him pretty quickly. But again, Mark Munoz coming off of I think a year long uh, hiatus of from fighting. Right. 
Um, so it's understandable you know, to have a bit of cage rust. A lot of the time, and I'm going to talk about this when we get to the next fight, Tony Ferguson versus Gleason Tebow. But I think a lot of the time when these fighters um, that have been around for a long time, you know, kind of journeymen in the UFC or outside of the UFC, it's not so much that they've lost their touch. It's that the sport is growing mm-hmm. and they haven't grown with it. I mean, or MMA... they've also gotten older. I don't know that they haven't... You can't say that Mark Munoz hasn't been training. No, I'm not referring it to in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, more so some of the other fights on the card. And just that we've seen in recent history, when guys mm-hmm. make these comebacks, we haven't seen them in four or five years or two, three years even. You have these new martial artists, like Tony Ferguson, for example. They just have this next-level MMA. They're not training, you know these separate, uh, you know, they're not trained just wrestling or just this. They have everything incorporated so well now that it's just, they're training MMA. Like, Ronda Rousey's judo with her boxing. It's now come to such a different extent. Like, the first Ronda Rousey, it was like, okay, she's gonna work her way in with her punches, get the judo toss, and finish her opponent. Now I see Ronda Rousey as a well-rounded, you know, boxer kickboxer, whatever you want to call her, mostly boxer, with her judo. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're both so equally dominant that she could really pick and choose her fight. Everybody starts from one discipline or another. Um, We're getting into the point where people can jump into MMA as a discipline unto itself. Right. But for the most part, these these people that are, uh, you know, the the Mark Munozes and everybody older than him that has come along started from one point or another and then supplemented with with other training, like Ronda did. Um, But in this case, um, well, I'm no, because there's guys. I mean, there's guys that are have been in the UFC for a good amount of time, but they're still changing their training methods, and they're they're being with the up and coming, being with the you know the new hot thing. I think it, whereas age, the older age speaks, guys, age speaks more to that discrepancy than age and road wear in terms of the the fights that you've had and who you fought against, as opposed to the sport evolving that much more. I agree with what you're saying, right? But I think that arc is is a bit longer. Whereas with guys, when we see something, you know, guys like, uh, I don't want to say in the twilight, but um, guys that have pro- probably peaked a, l- a little bit past uh, Koscheck right now or, you know, Chris Lieben. Uh, I think it's a combination or, of everything. Or Munoz, their arc is a bit more with age and the road wear of the fights that they've had more so than the sport passing them by. Because those guys stay in the gym. This is what they've been doing. I'm not for saying they're not staying years. in the gym, but they're training with the same people they've been training with for, you know, 20 plus years, 15 plus years. Uh, it could I don't know about potentially. That. Well, that's why we're allowed to have opinions. <laughs> it's not personal, sweetheart. Come on, we just had a fun time last. Th- that's okay. That sounded bad. I didn't mean it, guys. <laughs> you get it wrong. Um, it was. I think it, attending mm-hmm. the event, but at any rate, I think with somebody like Mark Munoz, um, I, I just think he's not going to be at that level. I mean, they're just guys that are just better than him. He's always going right. to be a top guy. Now, if you at say the level top, of being top UFC, if you say you top, I mean top ten, top twenty, eh, well, maybe not top ten, maybe not top twenty. So he'll have a job if he wants it. It yeah. just, I just don't think that he's there. Like, I, I think if he wants to, and I, I was asking, not asking, uh, I was watching the post, uh, not the post conference, but the the post show. Mm-hmm. They were talking to you know Cormier and especially especially Kenny Florian, mm-hmm. and they were saying, well, you got to fight for the right reasons. If you mm-hmm. want to fight for money, that's one thing. But if you want to fight to, to be the best, that's another thing. But right. you just got to make sure you fight for the right reasons. And with some of the guys, Munoz, Koshek, you just got to make sure they fight for the right reasons. And if it is, great. If it's not, then right. the sport, not maybe you got to retire. Right. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it is a job for, for guys like this. I mean, uh-huh. like Mark Munoz, he could still be like a journeyman. He could still be one of the, the bottom level guys that they, you know, when they need a fighter, they call him and he's ready and he fights. He doesn't need to be going for a title shot, but like you said, his priorities need to be straight if that's what he wants. 
if he's a guy that's still searching for that title shot, then maybe, you know, maybe he should look elsewhere. I agree. Let's move on to the next fight. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Gleason Tebow. Uh, Gleason Tebow was on kind of a run. He had a couple wins in a row. He was do- looking really good. Uh, then they threw him against Tony Ferguson, and Tony got the rear naked uh, choke submission in round one, 237 into it. Here's another guy that's been around for a very long time. Yes. And you know has, has done his time with, uh, with the UFC and is... Uh, reliable to bring you a good fight, mm-hmm. um, but probably not going to be any, you know in the top fifteen anytime soon. Um, or what, was he ranked? No, not ranked. But yeah, he'll fight. He'll win. As opposed to Munoz, who just keeps losing. It's one thing to keep losing, but like Gleison Tebow, who's, who has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won his and last he's been what, fighting three or four fights. Munoz has right. taken the year yeah. off. You know, I, I think we're a bit quick to to write off Mark so radically. Um, I think that they're. You know, there's ring rust is a factor, age is a factor, mm-hmm. and and he can be competitive outside the UFC. I mean, with that said, so a very impressive win from from uh, El Kukui. Absolutely, yeah. Tony Ferguson um, looks definitely awesome. somebody who who wants. He, he's begging for guys that are in the top ten. He's he like is. in the interview, he's like, dude, I just want to start picking off people that are in the top ten. I yeah. want to get my from the ground up. Yeah, from the ten. ten. Yeah. Up to nine eight seven six five. So that, that, that. That's a storyline. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with with the fight he had. I mean, Gleason Tebow is a veteran, so mm-hmm. for a guy like Tony Ferguson to fight Gleason Tebow, it's definitely not a it's step a good down. On his cap, to be yeah, sure. absolutely, definitely a good win under his belt. Um, next, we had Alan Jovan. We gave him the after buzz buzz, <laughs> and he went and won it uh, versus Richard Filthy Rich Walsh. Um, it, it was a KO in round one, two minutes and nineteen seconds in. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Elbow to the temple. Yeah. Knockout. Those elbows have always been nasty. You know, I remember <sighs> seeing him in Muay Thai smoker fights and right. in the amateur circuit, and he's always loved using his the, elbows. Uh, those, those eight points. Yeah. The knees, the elbows, punches, mm-hmm. and the kicks. He is definitely a well rounded guy. Um, 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu, Saxon's Muay Thai, um, very high caliber. He started off kind of circling the outside. He said it in uh, the post-fight interview that he was trying to feel out his rhythm and get his rhythm. Mm-hmm. He finally got it when he got that elbow, but it, t- it takes him a minute or two. He's kind of a slow starter yeah. in that sense. We kind of saw that with uh, um, wor- the Worley Alves fight, uh, his, his previous event, yeah. where he, you know, he had to take. He was he took quite a pounding and and was close to getting finished. It looked like really uh, from the outside in the previous match, but then was able to survive and and get his rhythm going. He also um, gave quite the pounding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's did. a very tough fighter. Round, round two, round three, he uh, he did very well. Um, he uh, he reminds me a little bit in that regard to uh, Forrest Griffin, mm-hmm. who always needed to t- take a few to the face to really kind of wake up. You wake know, up, like, right? That's his coffee for the early part of the fight. You know. Um, I don't advise that. I think you should probably try and get get on right away. But uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the main event. Who, yeah, who, who mm-hmm. am I to discuss compared to uh, comparing Alan's Alan's preparation process? The, good, good stuff from Juban. I mean, that guy. He impressed me the first time. Unfortunately, the last fight uh, didn't go his way, which everybody disagreed with. Yeah. Everybody had Alan Juban winning after that fight, so a lot of people think that he won that fight anyways. But now he's like, you know what? I'm not going to let it go to the judges. I'm going to finish this fight, and you got to give props to that. He is a, I think he's a company favorite, and I think he's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Juban's one of those new guys that everybody knows his name already, and especially in the MMA world. Um, you know, pretty looks, great talent, really he's, entertaining. He's they package. said it about me, he's too, though. Package. They said it about me, but, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the part about Wait, the looks. On. I hear laughter the in the background skill, or whatever. <laughs> or the work ethic. I'll just ignore that. Yeah, just ignore that. Or uh, the it factor. Next, we have another uh, comeback fight. Uh, Jake Ellenberger versus Josh Koscheck. Uh Josh Koscheck coming back after quite uh, quite some time off. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Allenberger got the submission via north-south choke in round two, four minutes and 20 seconds yeah. in. Um, this was kind of uh, an interesting fight. It's not exa- It didn't go exactly how I thought it was going to go. Um, mm-hmm. I know Jake Allenberger has been working with um, Edmund Tavaria, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey's striking coach. Um, so I was definitely looking for his boxing, but it was kind of like a clinch wrestling game most of the fight mm-hmm. with Ellenberger coming out on top with that Dars. This is one of those rare exceptions to the matches. On paper, you'll hear Josh Koscheck, uh, collegiate wrestler, Jake Ellenberger, collegiate wrestler, and the, you know, the, the standard, a lot of times the rule of thumb is that two guys with great ground game are going to stand and brawl. stand up. Yeah, the ground stuff kind of negates each other. Uh, wasn't the case. Koscheck was going for for takedowns a lot. Uh, Ellenberger was pressuring him from the center of the cage mm-hmm. and, and was having a gr- lot of success with a straight right to, to Koscheck's uh, eye. There was something wrong. I think something went wrong early in the fight with Koscheck's eye. Um, just my guess because he kept wiping at it and. Ellenberger was landing that thing that right so easily on Koss. Um, he feigned like it, like it wasn't hurting him, um, and and hopefully that's the case. But I don't know. I, I mean, it's it certainly was ad- adding up points. I think in terms of strikes landed, um, and then and in you know Koss with his defense, he would uh, kind of uh, reach for the takedown, uh, clinch him up against the cage, and was kind of hanging there for a little bit. And then the mm-hmm. last time he, he went in. Ellenberger caught the uh, uh, caught the neck and got him in that. Uh, what looked to me, I'm not a jiu-jitsu guy, uh, at least not training, but uh, it looked like it was a, a Darce choke grip, and yeah. as as it went to the ground, ended up in a north-south position. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a standing Darce. That's what I have written down okay. here. And then they kind of just took it to the ground, and it ended up there facing north-south. So it's still the same hold, but mm-hmm. just from a north-south position. Yeah. Um, the next one. Oh, hold on, before, I think, I, I think yeah. and what you were saying, I think his eye was bo- bothering him a lot. But I think it just goes back to that George St. Pierre fight from uh, four years ago that mm. where, where George St. Pierre destroyed his eye. Right. Like you, you saw his face out post fight. Look it up. Josh Kochak post fight picture or whatever after that GSP fight. Yeah. It was and I I don't care what anybody says. I just never think he fully recovered. Because even like a slight fair punch. Assessment. Do you think his eye fully recovered and his mind didn't? Like both. Or do you think both? Are, I think both. Just, like yeah. he, it just it just. It's always going to be in the back of his mind, because um, like as, as, was, as was mentioned, as we were watching uh, <laughs> before the show, that he just seemed different. Like the Koscheck pre GSP, yeah. like yeah. he beat Anthony Johnson for goodness sakes, right? You know, I mean, so so, so one seventy that is, guys. Yeah, that's true. I don't even. I don't even. Did Rumble make twist, Did Rumble make weight even? It's a good um, question. I don't know. But yeah, I just think I just think he's never been the same since then. He's I think he's on his fourth. Uh, fight losing streak now. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth loss in a row. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. We have seen this is done. a generation of guys that came uh, let's see, Koscheck, like 2005, he entered the UFC through uh, Ultimate Fighter 1. Yeah. Um, Munoz came in a few years uh, later than that, but they've had a lot of matches at the highest level of the sport, the UFC. And that's the thing. That, yeah, those it's roadware, mm-hmm. you know? The matches that you have, the, the opponents that you face, and the kind of matches that. Uh, that, that you have with those guys will take a toll on you. I'm actually surprised that Koshek fought. Like I thought, I thought as of like a few months ago, I thought he was retired already. I thought really? he was done. Yeah. So being, when I saw he's fighting Ellenberger, I'm like, oh, there's no way Koshek has a chance. No, no. I mean, Josh Koshek. What do you do? He's obviously a name. Everyone knows him from the Ultimate Fighter one. Does Dana White let him go now after his fourth loss in a row, or do you kind of just let him linger and give him some, you know, lesser fights, or what do you do with him? He'll. Uh, yeah, I think that come to Jesus speech or conversation is coming up soon for him. Right. Um, 
possibly the case with with Munoz as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with Gleason Tebow. I, I don't know. I mean, he's been more successful of late. I think his, his I re- track record isn't isn't the same skid as as these two guys. No, you but, don't you don't do that talk with Gleason Tebow yet because this is his yet, first no. loss in a while, and it was against a you know high ranked opponent, an up and comer that's really hot on the market right it's now. Up and comer, he's not ranked yet. But, yeah, yeah. Tony's got a hot streak on him, but he's true. got a hot streak going. Um, yeah. yeah, you give it to him when he has at least three losses in a row, not one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you definitely give that talk to Josh Koscheck and Mark Munoz, I think. Um, now you can talk about the next fight. Now we can talk about <laughs> the next fight. So this is one that had so much hype behind it because you have Raquel Pennington versus Holly Holm. Um, Holly Holm, obviously, uh, boxing world champ in three weight classes. She's also a uh, has a kickboxing pedigree as well. Um, this is her UFC debut, but not her MMA debut. I think she was 7-0 and in MMA prior to this fight. Mm. Um, you know, a good winning MMA uh, undefeated record. Um, Raquel Pennington is a girl that came off the Ultimate Fighter, the Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey Misha Tate season. She had a great run on there, um, did very well, and did continue to do well after. Mm-hmm. She's a tough opponent. She has good wrestling, well rounded, really. Yeah. Um, so this was said to be a really good fight, and we all wanted to see Holly Holm, the boxer, and see you know how that would play out against Raquel Pennington, you know, kind of a wrestler. Um, it ended up going to split decision, giving the uh, win to Holly Holm. Yeah. 29, 28, 29, 28, 20, 29. Yeah. The other direction. 30, 27. Was it a 30, 27? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the last one was a 30, 27, which gotcha. shocked the hell out of me because I definitely have one of those rounds for Raquel Pennington. So you had 2-1 Holly Holm? Uh, no, I actually had Raquel Pennington. Really? Yeah. What about you? Same. Raquel really? Pennington. I gave uh, Holly the first round, Raquel the second and third. Um, I believe the... Second was the closer one this, in terms of you know uh, yeah. competitiveness between the two of them. I wouldn't do, surprise me. Obviously, what did go the second one did go the other way. Well, this is a beautiful thing about this because I had Holly Holm winning two to one. Really? Yeah. You gave her the first and second. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, not. I'm not saying I was impressed by her. She was good. I mean, I did like a lot of her 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 poignancy. Like I thought she looked like she belonged. A lot of her stances kind of reminded me a lot of like the the dominant strikers of our of our history. Uh-huh. You know, Anderson Silva. You know, Lido Machida. Um, I just think, and she said it. She's like, I, I feel bad that everybody was because it wasn't her hyping herself up; it yeah. was everybody else hyping her up. You right. Know? So right. it, it kind of sucks at that point. But at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, she she, she just did okay. When I mean, you come in with the the background that she has, especially mm-hmm. in boxing, you're going to have a target on your back. Yeah. And it's when it's it's like when you go to a movie and everyone tells you the movie's going to be amazing and then you get into the theater and you're like oh my god this movie's going to be so good mm-hmm. oh it's okay like it, it, it might but change your opinion of it you know like it does. even well, though it, puts a stigma it might still in your be head. good yeah right yeah it puts a stigma in your head if if let's say Holly Holm was a no name and we're like oh, who's this girl in the Comey event oh my yeah. god who is she what? oh wow why haven't we heard about her. We might have had a different. That's what opinion. a lot of people were saying about that Comey. I hate to tell you, a lot of casual fans are like, "Who and who?" Huh? Right. Yeah. Well, casual fans, but I think I think most people really uh, heard of Holly Holm. They've you know been hyping her up. If you watch Fox Sports, you definitely heard her name. Um, but anyway, so Holly Holm came out with like a really traditional boxing stance. Mm-hmm. She was moving around like a boxer, which I think may have hurt her in the later rounds. In the third round, she was really getting touched up by Raquel mm-hmm. Pennington. I was waiting for one of those punches to drop her. Did Raquel drop her in the second or the third? It was the third. Yeah. I, she didn't drop her per se. She, I think she rocked her a couple times mm-hmm. bad. But right. Well, she dropped her. I mean, she landed on her butt, right? Did she? Yeah. It wouldn't she got rocked, her up, but yeah. like cobwebs per se, right. but dropped her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, correctly. I think that was the third round. Yeah, and that's when the crowd is, was really going, uh, starting to pick up steam for them. And you know, to their credit, I remember the last, uh, I think the last minute or so, the crowd really got into it. You know, 
Um, those girls did, I, I thought, deliver in the last... Uh, that, yeah, that was the, probably the most competitive part of the match, I thought. The end was definitely good. You yeah. know what's so crazy? This is Holly Holmes' UFC debut, and she's already ranked number 14. Well, you come in again. You come in with a certain pedigree, right? And a, and a rep. You know, you've proven yourself in another discipline that counts for something. It, yeah. Hey, why not? Doesn't take you all the way to the top, but at least gets you cracks you into the first. Uh, yep. Top fifteen or fourteen is uh, what Holly's done clearly. Yeah, I want to see Holly home against like I don't know. I don't know who I want. I want to see her against a good striker in in this division. Maybe like a. Misha Tate in the coming months. Maybe not the next fight, but maybe the one hmm. after that. I want to see her against a game game opponent. Um, not now that Rockel got, Pennington isn't. Now you got me curious. Yeah, I mean, bring up the bring up the we'll, rankings. We'll talk about it in a second, but at the same time, there are a lot of up and comers in that weight class. I'm excited about Juliana Pena. Oh uh, the winner of the Ultimate Fighter that we have yet to see fight in the she, UFC because she was she well, got injured. She's fighting mm-hmm. in like a few weeks. Or a I'm month. so excited. I know. Um, mm-hmm. J- Juliana Pena, who I'm excited for, I think she's going to be the next big thing. I think so too. Uh, Jessica I, who's like ranked number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe Betch. Betch Kohei. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, mm, I would probably put Holly Holm against Jessica I. It just it just makes the most sense right now as far as well. Let's maybe, talk about maybe the next one. It makes sense for Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe Marion Renault. Marion just came off a, a win, right? Wait, Ma- Marion's the older one that yeah. Are we going on the next fight? Yeah. I'm gonna do something real quick. Okay. We're just gonna, we've got time. We're just gonna stay to quiet and then starting in about three seconds we're gonna say we're gonna be silent for as long as the fight was. Go. Yeah, screw it. But it was fourteen <laughs> se- but it was fourteen seconds long. We couldn't hold Jesus our breath Christ, yeah. past the We just wanna that. talk about this so badly. Okay, so Ronda Rousey defeated Kat Zingano in fourteen seconds. Okay, via... I believe that's a new record for UFC championship fights. Yes, championship I... for probably the women. Maybe the uh, women altogether. the women, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for the women, but also... 14 not, seconds. No, because there have been fewer matches, championship matches uh-huh. with the women, and also, I believe the record for, if you want to talk about women's championship matches... It was probably 16 seconds. One, yes, was Ronda Rousey. She Which is 16 record. seconds. Okay, anyway, so she won via... Unorthodox arm bars, Jay Tan has written it down. Uh, it was I mean, very 14th. unorthodox. I wish I could say my virginity lasted longer. My losing my virginity lasted longer, but I really can't. Womp womp. Womp womp. Yeah. Well, Ron Rousey, and there you have it. that just got us the explicit sticker for this yes, episode, guys. Yes, it did. Kids, do not tune in. Um, <laughs> but anyway, okay, so Katzengano goes out there, right? All this hype. You're fighting Ronda Rousey. You're going to be the one to beat her, or you're going to be the one to give her a run for her money. What do you do? What's the game plan? The game plan was a flying knee. I mean, you said it. You were like, well, I don't know how she's going to do because she starts off slow. Well, hey, you know she did exactly what I, I would have told Expect her to do if I was a cornerman. unexpected. Nobody expects the Spanish was, Inquisition, but, except Ronda Rousey is so damn good that she did because she, she said, did. I figured that she would probably do something that she would want me to not expect, mm-hmm. and so I expected it. Yes. That's how good this girl is. Yes. Okay, so she, she charges at Ronda Rousey with a flying knee. Misses, uh, kind of lands in Rhonda's stomach area. Rhonda catches the knee. Cat wraps her arm around Rhonda's neck in like a guillotine hold, tosses her. Rhonda immediately reverses the toss, gets on top of Cat's and Gano. That's a nice body movement on Rhonda's part. Good yeah, um, amazing. Um, I give the credit to J Flow. Uh, J Flow is her judo guy that she's been working with, and it's been really working on not her judo because her judo is just mastered, but the the flow techniques in her judo. Um, if you listen to some of her interviews or watch some of her videos prior to this fight, she's doing this exact move in reverse. I heard it in the post fight press conference. She was saying, 
Um, she never practiced doing that move and landing on her stomach. She always practiced it landing on her back, I think. Or whatever she did in the fight, she practiced the exact same move in reverse. So she submitted somebody, and then she got up and flipped her body and did that funky uh, backwards. That was not the reverse I was talking about, Jay. Nope. I mean, as Um. (laughs) as much as I feel bad for Kat Zingano, especially after that post-fight interview, I don't think she got caught. I think Ronda Rousey knew what she was doing. Getting caught is like making a mistake. Absolutely. I don't think... Well, you could argue both points, though. She got caught and run and knew what she was doing. Well, well hey, hey, you only have one shot at it, right? Well, as for now. You only have one <laughs> shot to go out there. Mm-hmm. She chose to go out there, you know, guns a-blazing, mm-hmm. which was a great plan, in my in my opinion. Um, she missed, and she got caught, and, you know, you could say she got caught, but she missed, and she lost. Like, I think Chael Sonnen, I think Chael Sonnen got caught in, against Anderson Silva in his first fight. Right. Uh but I think Ronda Rousey defeated Kat Zingano. Like, there was no... Like, yeah. she would have done that anyways. Yeah. Like, I, I think just the way the positioning is and her body movement, like he said, is just beautiful. She like, that, that was no accident. Yeah. Well, no accident on Ronda's part, but certainly oh, yeah. an accident on uh, on on Kat's. I, I was kind of surprised that she didn't let go of the arm or kind of get her arm out of uh, Ronda's As soon as I saw the arm head. go up, I'm like, yeah, It's over. It's over. It's over. She, 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 could, she didn't have time to limp arm out. I agree she should have limp armed out, but yeah. she didn't have time. Mm-hmm. It was like you. she had the other arm first, and yeah. then she went out to the other, and was like, it's over. I, I really think it speaks to, to both that, uh, certainly to Ronda's awareness her, of her body presence and where you can torque things and catch uh, your opponent's body. But yeah. I also think that... Uh, Cat got caught in the same way that, from Cat's perspective, she certainly got caught. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have, you know, left one part of uh, her defenses open, and Ronda uh, well, capitalized on that. Ronda went over to Cat Zingano as Cat was kneeling, crying after the fight, and she and she whispered to her, "I'll do this again, no problem, rematch." And she also said it in the post-fight press conference. So Ronda's ready for a rematch. Cat um, obviously wants this rematch. The first mm-hmm. thing she said when she got the microphone after the fight was. I want, I want to do it again because mm-hmm. it was so quick, of course. Um, I think realistically, she was like, dude, if anything, I want the number two person. Like, I need to do whatever I need to do because obviously Ron is not fighting anytime back. soon. Right. She just said she has a movie to film. Um, Damn. There should not be ever any um, take it backs, redos in MMA. The, the thing that happens in the cage happens in the cage. Yeah, I mean, it's, short, it's- short of fouls, let me say. But this match happened, and certainly Kat was. Um, it was not on her game. It was a slip, uh, a momentary lapse of you know lapse of focus, or however you want to phrase it. Um, I think we will see. Uh, it's worth her eventually coming back. You know, getting a few matches and you know possibly uh, getting that spot for a rematch. But yeah, yeah. You know, Do you happens. think that shouldn't happen no matter what? Excuse what? Me? No matter because what. like the broad generalization. Now I'm talking about broad okay. generalizations. Nine times out of ten, uh, with no contests and something happened, like the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the one we had with eye pokes and stuff like that, or I think it was. Well, let's say like case. let's say for example, the champion beats a challenger by decision. Mm-hmm. Should a rematch happen? Depends on the decision. Depends. Yeah, we see this with Jones Gustafson. We talked about that right afterwards. That was a decision, even though it was a split. Yeah, I'm um, saying because that happened. Uh, I'm, I'm saying in and, a s- not Shogun. Who's that? No, oh, yeah, Machida, Machida Shogun. First one? Yeah. And remember the first one? That, that was a decision that a lot of people thought should have gone yeah. the other way. It's like, if, it's oranges a close to match. if it's a close decision and, you know, it's the champion versus the challenger. Yeah. But if it's a finish, there should never be an immediate rematch. I don't agree. Why not? Most of the, I mean, broad generalization. This is a perfect example. not. Yeah. This is a perfect example. Katz and Gano is the number one ranked contender, okay? Um, Misha Tate has already fought Ronda Rousey yeah, twice. So, you but don't it give, just so happens to be that she cleaned out the division. R- right. right. That so has I'm a lot to do with it, right? That's a different argument. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say generally that, you know, every time a champion beats someone via submission, there should be a rematch. Because so, there's sometimes where sh- there shouldn't be. So because she cleaned out the division and the way she beat Kat, that means Kat should get a rematch? Okay, this is what I'm saying. So no. since Ronda Rousey has cleaned out the division, you have a couple people. I'll could. i tell you in a second my couple ideas for, for Ronda next. If she were to fight in two ideas. months, who would she pick? Who would she fight? According it doesn't to matter. She's not going to. No, no, no. According to Darren. It doesn't matter. She's not going to. That's why we're playing devil's advocate right now and talking about who she would fight if it was in two months. Two, three um, months. Let's say she fights in Cassano, the same. hands down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you you can give her Betch Kohei because mm-hmm. of the storyline. Okay, mm-hmm. she beat the two horsewomen. Then you give her the third horsewoman. Why, why are you, you shaking run your it, head? You run it back like that. You you give Kat... You just said you you don't give Kat the immediate rematch. When did I say that? Just now, earlier. You said no, you don't, you, you, don't, you don't in general, but I was just, no, no, I was no, just, asking, not, I was just okay. asking her her opinion as far as if Ronda gets announced for a fight. She said, you're going to fight in three months. And Daria had the opportunity to pick anybody in the world to fight. Like I, I would just curious who she'd fight. Yeah, um, I mean, Chris Cyborg, if I thought Chris Cyborg could make 135 and that would happen, but it's yeah. never going to happen in a million years. So I, I say Katz and I think, I think the cool thing about Rousey is not even about that. It's the fact that she's undefeated. Betch Cohea. Um, right? Betch Cohea is undefeated. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah. So it's more like I think Ronda Rousey wants to be that one. As opposed, the same way she was the one in Zingano, and she was she wants to be Absolutely. the one in, in Betch. And I don't, uh, yeah, the horsewoman's one thing, but right. she wants to be the girl that says, "I beat her." It doesn't. For the, ha- it doesn't I beat Holly Holm for the first time. But I think that would be more of a selling point to being the one behind the one and the one loss. I knew that was coming. <laughs> the one behind the one in, in the loss column. I think that's more of a storyline, guys. This is facing, the rare moment facing getting... undefeated people and Ronda Rousey being that. Ronda also agreed to the rematch, no problem. So I also think she would agree to fighting Katz and Gano yeah, right but away. Guys, again. from a promoter standpoint, you you don't want to burn out certain people. And Ronda is in the the other story that comes out of this whole thing is that a lot of people are saying. I totally agree. Ronda is in her Mike Tyson phase. Mm-hmm. The right. the era of Tyson finishing people in ninety seconds. Now Ronda's finishing them in twenty seconds. Back mm-hmm. to what she was doing in the amateurs. Yeah. For heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the thing is, you can go to the well only so often. From a promoter standpoint, to the cash cow. Um, so let. Put her back on the burner for a little bit. Let her simmer. Let her go do other things as uh, as it appears she's going to do. And meanwhile, build up some people that you can viably market. You are not forced to book her two to three months. No, what we would didn't you do say if you that. had we to do it? You still just don't do it. Yeah, I don't think she fights again until like September or I October. agree. I don't think so either. But he was he was play, he was playing devil's advocate and he was just throwing that out there. If curious. she were to fight in two months, who would she fight? She would fight Gina Carano or um or Cyborg. But many things would have to take place before. That's why doesn't it's not going to happen. No, it does make sense because it's a hypothetical. And so, therefore, you <laughs> the only matches that you would book two to three months from now with Ronda are the people that would be those big matches. Gina, it's not going to happen. Cyborg, it's not going to happen. So what happens? You put her on the shelf. And by the way, she's got a million different other opportunities. So she's going to go make movies. <clears throat> That's okay. absolutely the right way to play it, and that's how it's being played. So it's stupid to talk about about a hypothetical that from a prom- again from a promoter now standpoint we're just wouldn't bother. Now we're just name calling. Who did I call? You Wait. said it's stupid. No, I was no, no, I said that's stupid. The hypothetical. We're on a, I'm not we're calling on a, you stupid. We're on a show talking about UFC and potential uh, and for their doing. fights. That's, yeah. It's very, very not. It's the opposite of stupid. It's actually very. It makes sense. But, no, but, but, no, no, no. As a promoter, <laughs> you would put her. You would put her on the back burner and build up some other people. That's what you would do. Is that water? Um, Marissa, she, she must water, water in face. Um, oh God! So, so I mean, the thing. The thing that I was. 
thing that I was thinking about last night, and and going, uh, you'll see where I'm going to. When they asked John Jones when he beat Daniel Cormier that he is he the best of all time, and obviously he's going to say maybe, maybe not. Right. right? He's not going to say yes. Um, he just doesn't want to think about that because he has so so much left to prove. Um, and, and you know, it's just being weird to be called the best of all time when you're still currently. You know, in the prime of your life, he's in his twenties. Right. But I think it's fair to say that Ronda Rousey is hands out the best female like athlete slash not not athlete oh, but yeah. like a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for fighter yeah fighter <laughs> no no because I was thinking like if there's a that's, I thought that was another I think word that's a given my friend yeah. but like you if know you want boxing boxing champion uh, you know combat MMA sports. combat sports uh, that's well, what yeah, I'm fighter. For, combat athlete I would go um, so far as to say she might be she's certainly one of the top athletes definitely on the planet right top now athlete, on the planet one of the top athletes. Well, yeah, the best fighter in the world ever, ever, um, possibly. Yeah. And, and you got to think, like, what's her motivation? I know, I know she's like, you know, fighting is my number one priority, but she's okay. got a good case to being the best female athlete of all time. That is the thing with Ronda Rousey. You look at her situation, you look at her circumstances, and you go, "What still motivates she's, this she's girl?" She's an Olympic medalist, right? Well, because we saw Anderson Silva, we saw his How do you mental think her tennis state. Game is? I'm sure. Knowing Rhonda, if you give her time to train, you'll probably be. And amazing. that's the point. That's the yeah, point yeah. to drive home. I completely agree. Based on that, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have a bunch of other people w- that watch other sports arguing, saying she's not the best female uh, athlete because. Dude, have you seen her striking? You take like- other skills in other sports, and and I completely agree. That's uh, they're absolutely right. But give Rhonda the time to adapt. I agree that her more than any other female could get to a top. Uh, top level or top caliber. Like who's, who position. do you think is one of the best female athletes? I don't know. See, because here's, here's the thing: I don't yeah. follow many other sports. I'm curious what everybody else thinks. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna say like Serena Williams, right? Uh, who's the one that didn't test for positive for roids? Uh, Jack Joni Kersey? Uh, no, I know no, Marion Jones did. Yeah, but I was thinking also more recently, uh, like Mia Hamm. Great soccer player, yeah, right? Me and yeah. him. Um, guys, yeah, comment about that one. Throw out some like, names. Where, where, some where other... would you rate Wanda Rousey in the form of overall female athletes mm-hmm. ever? Olympic it, or otherwise. Because here's the thing, and going back to what, she, what I was saying earlier, is she's like, whatever she's doing now, like, mm-hmm. what, if, what if her combined her last three fights, what is it, like a minute and 36 seconds? Possibly. When yeah. I look at best, Chris, Chris Weinman has fought his last fight 25 minutes. Yeah. I think Ronda Rossi is just like a tad bit above that. That's amazing. Overall. Overall. Right. In her, in her mm. 11 fights? Entire career. Yeah, in you, her entire career. You look at what makes, uh, you know, you say best female athlete. And I look at how, how much they've mastered their sport. So whether it's tennis, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whatever it is, where is the margin of error? Mm-hmm. And you look at Ronda Rousey's margin of error in her fights, and it's minimal. So when mm-hmm. I when I compare her to top female athletes, I can almost I, – I don't follow female athletes enough. Mm-hmm. But I could say she's definitely one of the best for that reason. Mm-hmm. There's such a small margin of error. She's perfected her sport. Mm-hmm. Realistically speaking, who would you have Ronda Rousey face next? Now, whether it's Batch or they have to fight a match first, like or mm-hmm. the winner of what fight? Or he already said he won it. Oh my god, she has to go make movies. Realistic, not realistic next, person. So let's say not in the next nine months. First of all, so let's say she fight. fights at the New Year's pay per view. Yeah, yeah, let's do it a year from no, now. No, but I'm saying like, who, what would, would you do? Um, I would, I would really, I would try to sign Gina. I would really not going to happen. Well, it's what I would do. Um, and in his, there's 11 months to sign. Yeah, yeah, that's right. a, that's a long I mean, time. Yeah, I don't think um, she's coming back, but yeah. But I would also, yeah, um, Gina, the cyborg thing. I would. I, I don't know what Shannon Knapp from Invicta FC and Dana and whoever else is in the mix. Uh, I don't know what the conversations have been with Cyborg in terms of getting her down to 35. I would push <laughs> for that to happen. She she wins hopefully in Invicta and then. 
and then you go for that match. Now, let's say that those two are off the table. Take them off the table hypothetically. What mm-hmm. do you do after that? Um, you build up somebody in the meantime, and you don't. Ronda doesn't fight until you build up somebody where you, you feel in, like give a name. Betch makes sense because mm-hmm. of being undefeated so in the storyline. Who would Betch fight next? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I got the notes here, but uh, yeah, Misha is a possibility. Cat. Where's Betch? Betch is number seven. Um, you know, Jessica. You could build up Jessica I possibly against uh, you know uh, Sarah. Either of the Sarahs. You know, I want to see a Misha um, take Kat Zingano rematch. Because I want to see. Hmm. I, okay, if, if maybe Misha that's take, it. I mean, they are one and yeah. two, but I'd rather see something new because I've seen that before. <laughs> I want to see Betch against Misha and. Uh, yeah, who's the other one? You've got to build up some the the five through ten uh, ranked stars. You got to put them up against the ones that she's uh, that Ronda's already beaten. You have the you springboards. Know? You have you have Misha and Cat, which are Ronda's yeah. springboards. You beat them. You go to Ronda. That's kind of how it's been. Maybe Cat yeah. versus Jessica. I, but there's always there's that one person that's going to be left out. So maybe Holly Holm against somebody to come in and definitively beat Misha Tate or Kat Zingano to think that they have a chance against Ronda Rousey and that's what makes this so hard because if they if they're building somebody that's... there's a, there's a chance they won't give them to Misha Tate or Kat Zingano because if they do and then they lose it you lose the hype train yeah. and for but someone they've to... got to get past that anyway you can't have the gatekeepers there for for this whole time and until Ronda is ready to come back or until right, because otherwise who, you don't have who in this division do you see beating both Misha Tate and Kat Zingano you don't have to have them beat both of them. You can build Okay, up. who in this division do you see being beating Katzengano? That hasn't already fought and lost to Katzengano. Everybody below Katzengano is a good match for Kat. Everybody below Misha is a good match for Misha. And you build if if you're going lower in the level like 10 through 15, maybe you put them up against 5 through 9 and then eventually you put them up against uh one of the top 5 girls there. And in the meantime, we're talking about an, a, a year to to build up. We can you can get probably two more matches in there, and maybe Ronda mm-hmm. fights towards the end of the year, or early next year. Um, a lot of things happen. People get injured, and then all of a sudden, somebody is bumped up the ranks artificially through that as well. There's, that's mm-hmm. why there's so many mo- different moving pieces. That's why yeah. it's pointless, in my opinion, to talk about who should Ronda face hypothetically in two to three months. If you can do that hypothetical, boom, magic. Uh, Gina is ready in two to three months. Cyborg automatically makes 135, you know. So Cyborg's fighting in July. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, I believe there's going to be another show uh, before that. Um, But uh, Let's get uh, to the performance bonuses. (laughs) All right. We have Ronda Rousey. Oh, duh. Tony Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Tim Mm -hmm. Means and Jake Ellenberger. Yep. Also, uh, Javon and Canero. They got fight of the night. No, no, no. There was they, no fight of the night. Um, there was no fight there of the night. There wasn't fight of the night, but in the post-fight press conference, if you guys watch, you can see Dana kind of leaning over and say, "Yeah, he kind of mentioned that." Uh, With a big smile on their face, on the fighters' face, they had the official, right. the official performance bonuses, and it says, "Well, and everyone else that performed as well will get a little something, something." No, right. Nothing, nothing exact like the was it fifty grand, right? Right, but something you can Just tell throw there was a little there. bone, yeah. And something really cool uh, for the first time ever, the entire card was urine tested and blood tested. I think the urine test was before the fight, and the blood test was after the fight. Credit to this uh, California State Athletic Commission, uh, headed by Andy Foster, executive officer, uh, for deciding to go that route and and lay down the hammer. You know, as, as we discussed last week, um, the sport's taken a, a bit of a a bit of a hit with a lot of positive tests and <clears throat> missed uh, missed weight uh, situations at weigh-ins. And, uh, you know, a big match came to California, and Andy Foster put his, uh, put his foot down. 
Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully this will be the start. I mean, I, I dread to think what's going to happen, who's going to come out positive, <laughs> you know, what, what reports we'll have in we the next. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it was um, what that, the, the press conference that Dana and Lorenzo had was only a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. it's not like people, mm-hmm. hopefully people were, you know, clean to begin with, I should say. Yeah. Um, but, but they haven't see. had enough yeah, time guys, to clean out the bodies. Yeah. With guys, so many, brace yourself for <laughs> some headlines in the next two to three weeks. This is the first, with so many UFC fights happening, so many events, we actually have the rarity where it's two straight pay-per-views in a row. Mm-hmm. So the Very next cool. fight is 185, UFC 185, yeah, which I thought should have been headlined by the middleweights. I don't know, that's just me. We have a break uh, next weekend, and then we have uh, March 14th. Who has a break next weekend? Not I. Not, not, not me. Nope. Yep. Be at the U of MMA in Club Nokia in downtown LA to see me fight and Jay matchmake. <laughs> well, I've done the matchmaking, but... It's already done. Yeah. Uh, who, who you got, Pettis or Dos Anjos? Uh, Pettis. Pettis Duh. or Dos Anjos? I haven't thought too much about that one. It's going to be a fun one. I don't have an opinion. Not Carlos, an educated one. Carlos Baza versus Joanna Umchenchek. Carla. Chin check. Did, 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 did I really say it right? Oh. <laughs> uh, again, I, I haven't even thought. I mean, been, I've been focusing on our, our no card fun. and this he one. No fun. Just flip a coin. No spontaneity. Nah, man. Come on, man. Look at the look at the numbers. Watch the matches. This is the fun of the sport. Doing your research. Go back. Fight Pass. Nine ninety nine. You can watch a lot of these matches. Um, and I was going to say and more. Yeah, there is more other more other content. As okay, where can we find you on social media, Jay? We talked about this at the top, man. Yeah, we got to talk about it now, too. I haven't changed it in the hour. All right. Uh, George, where can we find you? You can find me at G. Hermosa because, you know, sometimes people might skip the beginning. So make sure you get the end. I Uh, agree. You can find me. I think it should be right here at G. Hermosa uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can hashtag me. Tickets are available at uofmma.com. Doors are 430. First fight is at 5. Get there a little late. You'll still catch her. See Daria whoop some ass. Yeah. La ba. She's undefeated. See you guys later. Bye. 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 From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.